One of the uh, recent sensations on the Chicago theater front has been a show called I'm Not a Comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. That show was a, a, a huge hit when it was here a couple of years ago. It fell victim to COVID and everything else that uh, COVID brought. It is coming back, and this makes it one of the big theater events of, I think, uh, the late summer, uh, early fall. It will be here September 9th. Two shows, 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. at the North Shore Center for the Performing Arts. And the star of that show is Ronnie Marmo, who you have obviously heard on this show a number of times, seen on every TV show here. He's out in Los Angeles getting ready to come here. Ronnie, you excited? Hey, Rick. Uh, yes, I'm extremely excited for more than one reason. I uh, I love to do the show, but I can't wait to come back to Chicago. I I left a big piece of my heart there. You know? Yeah, Chicago was very, very good to you. You and I met even before you opened uh, the uh, I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce show here. We met through the man who directed, uh, is directing that show, Joe Mantegna, an old friend of mine and a, and a real great friend of yours and a mentor to you. Uh, you could never, Ronnie, you could never have expected, I don't think, how popular that show was here, could you? We, you know, we, we, did, we opened it, and Joe and I were like, okay, let's do it in L.A. We'll run for like six weeks or yeah. so. We'll see how it goes. It's been six years and 424 performances, and uh, literally. And in Chicago, no, I had no idea what I was in for. I knew Chicago was a smart, great theater town, but I had no idea just, you know, how they would embrace the show and embrace me. And, and you're being modest. I mean, you were such a big part of In fact, you saw the final performance in New York. You saw the closing night in New York. I did. What was, the, like, what was the name of that weird place? I love the place, but it was a weird venue, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It, what it was, was it? The Box. The Box. It wasn't a theater. Yeah, it was called The Box. And, like, it's one of those places that has a doorman <laughs> at, at a theater, and there's a garage door that opens, <laughs> right. and then they let you in. Right. It's pretty shady in all the best ways, you know? Well, one of the great things about that performance is I did not know what to expect. You and I, had think, had talked on the phone. And I went there with uh, the great Kathy Murray and the great author, uh, Karen Abbott, and we just loved it. And I happened to see in the audience Ben Vereen, a Broadway star, TV star, movie star, who absolutely loved the show. And I was blown away by it, Ronnie. You know that. You know that. And Chicago was blown away by it. Uh, The reception here from Chris Jones and every other living theater critic was... uh, it had to overwhelm you a bit, did it not, Ronnie? You know, absolutely. But I really tried not to focus on that stuff because yeah, once I yeah. think, once I think I'm going to get good at this, I should probably stop doing it. So mm-hmm. I just keep my head down, and I, and I'm not not grateful. I'm extremely grateful that people showed up. But I I really was like, let me just see how I could continue to explore this and try to make it great for the audience, you know? Since you left Chicago, since you left Chicago and uh, everything was locked down by COVID for a time, you then started doing performances of the show in various venues around the country, didn't you? That's right. In fact, us coming through uh, Skokie is part of the tour we're now on. When they, when this opportunity arose, they were like, do you want to come back through us? Like, <laughs> I can't get there quick enough. So yeah. it's 900 seats and two performances. It's a big theater, but we've been, I don't know, we've been all over Pittsburgh and West Palm and just 
we've probably done 16 cities mm. and we've played everywhere from 150 seats to 1600 seats so it's been a wild ride wow you must in Pittsburgh. It was pretty overwhelming. Wow! Yeah, I'll bet because you know there is. I always thought, Ronnie, there's a real there's a real intimacy to this show because it is you on stage. You were on a relatively small stage at the uh, Royal George Theater, that little room there, and then a, a somewhat bigger stage at the uh, that little cabaret theater next to the Mercury Theater. I, I can't wait to see the set, frankly, to see what you do in a house that's bigger. Is it? How has it changed in that way? Well, Joe and I were worried a little bit. We're like, I don't know if it's going to play in a big house. Yeah, we were starting. We were starting to get offers from five hundred seats, eight hundred seats. <sighs> then I got Pittsburgh, sixteen hundred seats, and I was like, oh my goodness! And it's so crazy. First thing I do is when I get to a new city, I cut the stage in half. I say, I don't need all this, mm-hmm. and so I cut it in half. And the intimacy, though, is it really holds up. Mm-hmm. It's a wild experience. It seems to work everywhere we do it, and uh, and I can't be more you know more excited and grateful about that. But uh, it does work, and I can't wait for you to see it. It's wild. Well, that's and one of the one of the great things about the intimacy too is you're you're naked at the beginning of the show. I'm not ruining it for anybody out there, but that that lends. Do a kind of intimacy there. Has it surprised you, Ronnie Marmo, the the durability of Lenny Bruce? Uh, Lenny's been gone for a long time, and I would argue that what Lenny did with his comedy and his uh, speaking is more important these days than it's ever been. You've got to agree. You've got to agree, don't you, Ronnie? Well, I, I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, people keep coming out and they want to hear from Lenny. And, uh, yeah, it seems like we've progressed in many ways and we've regressed in quite a few. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of topics seem to still be hot topics like free speech, which is always a hot topic. But now, I don't know. I just, this country's turned upside down and with cancel culture and freedom of speech, people are afraid to talk. And, and Lenny, you know, it, you know, I can't be the guy who plays Lenny Bruce and then I'm quiet on these issues. So I, no, of I course not. Sure. Put it sure. Out there, you sure. You I mean? have to. No, you absolutely have to. But you have had to alter the show a bit, though, haven't you? I mean, I know you did when you came back to Chicago for a while. Well, you know, listen, we've, we've, we're always tinkering with the show. There's mm-hmm. two new bits that you've never seen yet, which I'm excited for you to see. So we're always tinkering. But... The truth is, there was one specific bit that I took out after George Floyd, and it was, if you're a Lenny Bruce fan, you know that. You know what it is, yeah. Yeah, it's about the N-word, and and the idea was in the 60s, he would do this bit, and and he did it, you know, really out of love. He was trying to, what he was trying to say was, if we could just take the power out of the word, it wouldn't mean so much. exactly. And, And then it wouldn't hurt everybody's feelings. Well... That held up for a couple of years, and then once the, the country just turned upside down, I, I started to get uncomfortable about it for, for various reasons, in no particular order, but one of them being that I didn't want people to come there and encapsulate Lenny in this two-minute bit as, uh, as who he was yeah. and listening to the whole story. And, <laughs> and so I made a choice. Joe was relieved. Kitty Bruce was relieved, and uh, I changed it out for now. Yeah. Who knows what the future holds? Yeah, who knows? And but you also can't I mean that 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 piece, which is was a seminal piece in the oeuvre of uh 
of Lenny Bruce, you you, you can't you can't, you can't in the show say now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do a bit here that Dick Gregory thought was really funny, and that Dick Gregory's son thinks is important. It, it's I understand because it would really be impossible. I think in the the tone of the land we have these days to do that to do that bit again. I, I just think it would uh, have the potential yeah. to ruin. And otherwise, people would focus on that. And and you can't. This is not your show. Your show. I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Is not a lecture. It is a performance in which you are trying to capture a uh, a unique talent. Not it's not a it's not a college symposium, you know. That's smart, you know, Rick. I never had looked at it from that angle, but you're absolutely right. It's not a lecture. It's like we want to take you on a journey with this really important guy who is a satirist and a, and a, and a comic and lots of things. And uh, but he wasn't, you know, just that one bit didn't sum him up. So to be honest with you, the bit I'm doing now in place of it mm-hmm. called the meaning of obsession. It actually plays better for the arc of the show. As the playwright, I'm like, this actually makes more sense because he's fighting, you know, he was arrested for and charged with obscenity because of words. Yes. And and his first arrest was in Chicago. Oh, sure. And he, yeah, Mr. yeah, Gator Horn. Yeah, Gator Horn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 1962, I think. Mm. And, and so, you know, this meaning of obscenity bit is actually tracked through the play better. So in some ways it's kind of nice for the show. And I was worried it wouldn't, you know, hold the same punch, but it really does. It's really yeah, fantastic. I'm sure you can people, you can go to Lenny Bruce on stage.com to learn more about this man. I'm talking to my friend, Ronnie Marmer, or uh, more to the point, you should go to North shore center.org and buy tickets to the two shows that are taking place on September 9th at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, it would be worth saying. I can't wait. I, frankly, I can't wait to see it in a, in a space that large because I think it can. Thank you. Yeah, because I think it. I think it'll work. I absolutely think it'll work. Stay on the phone. We got to take a short little break and come back. And I want to talk more about. Uh, well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, another thing that happened to you while during this break from Chicago uh, with a nice young lady who came to see your show in Chicago. And that's oh, a, man. that's okay. how you okay. met. Okay, so hang on, hang on, hang on. Ronnie Marmo returns to Chicago for two performances, September 9th at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. at the beautiful, the wonderful space, if you've never been there, North Shore Center. For the performing arts in I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce. One thing, Ronnie, uh, a lot of people who saw the show when you were first here are very, very excited to see it again, which uh, I think bodes well for this engagement here. Let me ask you, my friend, after 424 performances, how do you keep it fresh, Ronnie? it, 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 It just seems like yeoman's work. Is there any special preparation you have to do well you know people always ask me how do you keep doing this thing it is such a monster of a play i mean yeah. it's a 90 minute plug that like i really don't feel like i have it yet oh wow and it's very yeah it's very home every night i go <laughs> before i walk out i go what's my first line i don't know my first <laughs> line you know and and then i take it one word at a time you know yeah and because my 
my audience is my scene partner, really, since it's a one-man show. Yep. So with with that, it's fresh every night because, you know, sometimes they, they lift me up and take me to another place. Other times they're an oil painting and I'm mad and I throw a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, it depends on how they're participating. But I genuinely don't feel like I have it yet. And I think today I think I'm good at this. I should probably just walk away. Wow, that's interesting. That's very, very interesting. So when you're doing the show in Chicago, one night a a very attractive young woman comes to see your show. You remember that, do you? Not only do I remember, she happens to be sitting on my couch right next to me right now. What? What? You kidnapped her? That's unbelievable. Uh, Talk about how that relationship started and what it's become, because I think it is such, you know, of all the stories that that took place in sort of this COVID time in which we live, this is one of the great ones. A young woman comes to see your show. Yeah, Janelle, Janelle Gaeta, now Janelle Marmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she comes to see my show uh, November eighth, uh, November eighth, two thousand nineteen in Chicago. We didn't know each other. She was on business in Chicago, and her friend uh, she got sick and couldn't come out. And Janelle was in this hotel room, and so she was by herself and said, "I don't want to sit in the house." So she googled best show to see in Chicago, and I'm <laughs> happy to say my show came up. <coughs> And and she and there was one ticket left. It was sold out except for one ticket in the front row. And we have uh, talked every day since. And so she came, and after the show, we had one of those double-take moments. And uh, I was like, oh, man, there goes the next couple of decades of my life. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I, and she looked at me, and we, we looked at each other like, oh, no, here it is. And so... The pandemic, and I obviously was it was horrible for so many, and of course. Oh. But the one the one blessing was is we were forced to spend, you know, we'd spend ten twelve hours a day on Zoom talking to each yeah, other about yeah. stuff, and then she would. Oh, and by the way, she lived in New Jersey, and I lived in L.A. Uh-huh. So she, so one time, a couple of months in, we're like, hey, why don't you take a flight out there? Let's see what happens. So she took a one way flight. She thought she'd stay a week or two, and she stayed three months. Mm. And and that and that went real smooth. And uh, July second last year, she became my wife. And not only that, the one and only Joe Montaigne got ordained and married us. Oh my God, that's fantastic! That's just it, it, it was because really, I know her. I met her. I I even had you know lunch with you guys at the Billy Goat for goodness sake before you were married. Before you were married. No, I know it's, it's a charming, great. wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful. Story. Remind people about your relationship with Joe. Joe, one of the great actors in the history of Chicago, and also one of the nicest guys in the world. Because this is an amazing story too, Ronnie Marmo, and the way in which you got to know Joe because he. Yeah. But, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, about eighteen years ago, about <laughs> something like that, I, I was casting a movie that I wrote, and I, I raised some money, and I. I, you know, I cast all my friends, and I'm like, I have to have the actor Joe Montaigne in this one role. And I didn't know him, and so I found this P.O. box, and I was like, ah, he's never going to get this script, but I'm going to send it to him. And so I wrote Joe a love letter about how, you know, being an Italian-American actor, how I'm so proud of how he's navigated his career and how I look up to him, and, and uh, I'm hoping for something similar for myself. And... And I sent them the script. And I said, maybe, you know, if you'd be open to reading my script. And three days later, he called me. He's like, hey, this is Joe Montaigne. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? Really? Like, you yeah. want to have lunch? 
Yeah, he goes, hey, kid, I just uh, I just read your script. You want to have lunch? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, when? He goes, how about now? I was like, okay. And I remember I was covered in paint because I was painting a set at my theater company. <laughs> and, and, and I just drove down to meet him. And he was, you know, you guys know in Chicago who Joe is. Yeah. And so... He was the he's he's the most genuine. I I I couldn't love a guy more than I love this guy, and he has been everything to me. And and he did the movie, and we've been friends ever since. And when I wrote this play, I knew that I wanted somebody who would direct me with a gentle hand, but somebody I really respected because then I think the whole thing would go to another level. And he's been great. I mean, yeah, guy's yeah. Well, he's come in. I mean, he's helped with promotional things, and he really. You know, he feels he feels the same way a lot of people do about about Lenny Bruce, the importance of of Lenny Bruce and what Lenny Bruce had to say in the, the sort of sad arc of his life. I mean, he died of uh, yeah. uh, the way in which he died was bad, but also the the climb up and his relationship with his wife and Kitty, his daughter, is is has been a booster of this show from the from the get go, hasn't she? Yeah, she's definitely been a huge support, and I'm, you know, very grateful to that. I mean, obviously, and she, um, it took her a while to see it because she was nervous to see it, but she finally came out to L.A., and she sat with Joe, and Joe held her hand the whole show. It was Uh. really cute. And, And, you know, he's that guy. And, you know, and she's been a big support. And here we are, you know, 424 performances later. Mm. And uh, the next two will be in Chicago, and I'm so thrilled about that. And and we're just going to keep going. Next day after that, we go to Houston, and uh, I had a great conversation this morning with somebody on the West End to take it for a sit-down run in London. Wow. And, wow. Oh, so, yeah, that's a dream. That's bucket list stuff. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Oh, but also, it's got to, it, it just, you know, it reaffirmed, and you and I have had dozens of talks about this thing over the course of our relationship, that... Lenny Bruce, uh, there are very few artists of any sort who live so intensely beyond, you know, I don't see a, I can't really see a, you know, Marilyn Monroe one-person show because Lenny Bruce, I think, influenced every single comic in one way or another that has come since don't not just prior and 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 that crowd but almost every comic don't you sense you must i agree yeah yeah i agree rick and by the way not just comics i mean this guy the reason i named the play i'm not a comedian right right he influenced poetry and politics and changed the law uh with obscenity and the the right to say what you want to say and uh, he just, he was a satirist, and he held a mirror up to society and discussed taboo subjects that people were afraid of. He was the first guy to get up on stage and say, so let me tell you what happened with my wife, or can you believe this nonsense about Jackie Kennedy? You know, yeah, people yeah. are like, what are you talking yeah. about? You know, uh, so uh, he, was a, he was a very special guy, and he, he paved the way for, obviously, Pryor and Carlin, but all the way down to Chappelle's of the world, and... And even people just making a living doing stand-up and doing what they want. Probably Seinfeld, even guys who do clean comedy. He just has such an influence on storytelling and, you know. Yeah, because, well, before, you know, before, before Lenny Bruce, I mean, you know this better than I do. Before Lenny Bruce, he, comedy was, you know, Henny Youngman, for God's sake. You know, take my wife, please, kind of jokes and one-liners and, right. Bob, and Bob Hope and that kind of stuff. When you... 
how let me just ask you, Ronnie. How hard is two shows a day? You've done it before, I know, but how hard is two shows a day? It's terrible. It's, it's a horrible idea. And in fact, it, it, my my recommendation is come to the second show because I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm brain dead. This show takes so much out of me and sucks the life out of me that the second show is always a doozy. So uh, actually, come to either. If you want the fresh Ronnie with with a half a brain, come to the matinee. But if you want the tightrope, come at night. And uh, you know, I, I try to pace myself. I go out there and I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. gonna pace myself. Yeah. And then I get that first laugh, and I go, oh, geez, here I yeah, go. Yeah, uh-oh, I'm and dead, then I, yeah, yeah. And then I give my soul, I, you know. Now, is your I bride like, is your bride coming yeah. out here with you? Oh, yeah. Are you okay. kidding? Honey, are you coming? She said, oh, yeah, she wouldn't miss it. But just, uh, just, so she wants, just because she wants to go back to the billy goat for breakfast. Janelle, I can't wait listen. to see you. Ronnie, I can't wait to see you again. It's... A lot of you saw the show when it was here. It's worth seeing again in a bigger house. Ronnie Marmo in I'm Not a Comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce, directed by the one and only Joe Mantegna. It is September 9th at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. Ronnie, in perfect promotional mode, thinks you should go to both shows. You can go to Lenny <laughs> LennyBruceOnStage.com or NorthShoreCenter.org for all the information. I will see you there. Thank you so much. My I can't pleasure. wait to get back can't, there. I'm so, I'm so glad you're coming back. Take care. Thanks, Take care, both of you guys. Both of you guys. It's quite a wedding story, I'll tell you that.